my podcast, Me, Myself, and GI. I really just wanted to say thanks for coming back. There are a few of you that have stuck around and listened to my last episode, which was admittedly kind of dry and (laughs) a little weird. Um, I, I myself felt awkward trying to presume to know enough about biology. Um, I learned since then that I was wrong about where the ileum is located. So that's fun. Uh, other news. So my podcast is now available, not only on Podbean, but also on Spotify. Um, I also have it available for those who have Google, Google podcast, I think, um, for those who don't have Apple phones. Apple Podcasts, however, I'm still having difficulty, so if anyone out there has any tips about how to get things up on Apple, could you help a girl out? <laughs> um, that's the only app I couldn't really get it located on. But it is available, as I said, on Google Podcasts and on Spotify, and as per usual, here on Podbean. There is a Podbean app as well that you can download to get the podcast there um, for those who maybe are just listening to it on a web browser. But that's the only news I guess I have for you all today. So I am still trying this new product. It's from a company, Bellywelly, and this company is co-owned by a friend in my cohort of school's friends, actually. Um, and they, I'm not sure if both of them do, but one of them definitely suffers from GI upset in some capacity, IBS mostly specific. Um, and the bars are used with, I think it has like almond as the base of it, but they're like little protein power bars for people who can't eat, um, you know, like grains and stuff like that that are specific on a FODMAP listing, which I'll get into more in this episode. But, um, so I am still trying these products, and I think you all should check them out if anyone here does suffer from any upset from eating, like, protein bars or stuff like that. Um, I know I don't particularly eat very many protein bars, um, just because the version of IBS that I have oftentimes if I eat something I get an urgency to go to the bathroom I don't have anything where it's like a a stopping issue or any sort of like constipation but um I tend to not eat protein bars because they force that issue quicker but these bars are pretty okay um I will say don't go into eating them expecting that you're going to be eating like a cliff bar There is that difference of taste because it does have those different ingredients geared more for those who have GI upset. But they're really great. The company is super nice. Um, I ordered a little snack box of theirs to try all of the different types. Um, And they sent me this little package one day and it surprised the heck out of me. But there were two new flavors. They kind of revamped the flavors and the way that they made two of their bars. So they sent a couple free, and because I also ordered on their launch. So they're really great company. They're super, super nice. They're really sweet. Um, I even said thank you on the social media platform, and they were saying, like, oh, absolutely. And I said, yeah, I, I'll 
totally give you a shout out here on the podcast. And they they offered to give me um, like a promo code for people who listen, but that seemed a little too much for me. But I thought it was really sweet of them. Like they they cared enough to be like, oh, hey, you should we can we can help you out. We can give you some subscription stuff. And that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, again, go check them out. They're pretty great. Their social medias are adorable and to die for. There's lots of babies that have their own GI stuff. Um, so, great company, Belly Welly. And now, without further ado, let's get into our let's get into our episode today. So today's episode, I figured we could talk about shopping physicians. And I use the term shopping because I think you need to shop for a doctor, a physician, a specialist, like you do a hairdresser, a nail stylist, anything like that. And we've talked about that before in our episodes, but today I figured we'd go into more anecdotal story time (laughs) because you can have good experiences and you can have bad experiences, and I thought I would give some examples of those. So... For starters, let's go. Let's go a good story, bad story, bad story, good story. <laughs> How about that? Um, so, as I kind of touched on, I've had IBS issues since I was in high school, and for some frame of reference, I'm in a master's program right now. So that's quite a while ago, but things were super urgent and problematic, and there were episodic things that were happening. So it became enough to go and try to ask a doctor. And I haven't had, um, at that time, I hadn't had a consistent physician in many, many years. So I went to one doctor that my mom was re- was going to. So I went in and I asked them questions and then they came back with, like, oh, this sounds like irritable bowel syndrome. Have you heard of that? And I said, well, sort of, because I have a cousin who experiences similar stomach issues. So maybe I thought it was the same thing. But um, I hadn't had a full understanding, so there were lots of packets, lots of paperwork for me to read over. And um, so that's where my journey started, and I feel like that physician did a good job of asking particular questions to get me started. I'm just going to interrupt myself right now and say, that's not the full story here. That's not the first good story, (laughs) quote-unquote. It's just the beginning to give you frame of reference. So I have a lot of paperwork on hand. I'm like 16. And I walk out and, gosh, now I have to start doing, like, all this dietary quick changes so I can figure out what is causing these flare-ups. And so time goes on, and I go to... my very first GI specialist when I was in college. And it's because my symptoms have gotten so terrible that I'd seen, well, this wasn't my very first specialist. This was my first good specialist. My very first specialist was bad, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But this was where I had more of a plan when I went in for my specialist. And um. I said, you know, these symptoms are getting pretty bad. I've tried all the dietary stuff. I've tried some supplements. And it's not seemed to change anything. What can I do? And so 
I at that time I was like, well, because my issue is an urgency, and not only that, it's not um, like firm movements that I was having. They were just very much like flushing my system out, and it was pretty, pretty like I I don't know. Urgent is just the only word I can think of, but. So I sat down with her and I said, look, I've tried fiber supplements. They just make me have the reverse issue. Every now and then, like, I'll have a flare-up and then I'll have the exact opposite issue for a little while. So I don't have consistent movements throughout the day. And that seems like it's gotten worse. And she asked me, how many times do you go a day? And then she told me the average a person should be going. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that that was wrong. I, don't, I didn't know that that was a problem. And so she was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty big pretty big deal. Um, and then she brought out a flow chart and she said, okay, so now we talked about how frequently you go. Can you show me on this, on this chart? And it was a chart of what bowel movements like look like. And she was like, where do you think you, you fall on this? And like, it was kind of these five different images. And in the middle was the one that sh like you should be having as if you have a normal diet and normal functions. And I fell more on the runnier side. And she said, okay, okay. So these are what you should look like. And, you know, if you had the reverse problem, you would look like you had these. And it was like little, it kind of looked like um, any fellow Rocky Mountain people will understand this it looked like elk scat not deer scat but elk scat <laughs> and um I don't know it was like very pellet sized um movements and so I was like yeah that's not at all what I have what I have is these like opposite end of the spectrum if when and if I have a flare and in that moment I was like oh okay that makes more sense I like this chart sort of way of looking at it and then she was very kind, and I say that she was a great specialist because she was personable. She asked questions as if we were on the same level, but there was that level of, like, understanding that she had the expertise, she had the knowledge, she had the the facts, I guess. And um, my being female never came into question. It was just, It was just about the situation. It was just about the facts. It was, it was, I'm a human being and I'm going through something and she's a human being and can understand that. So, you know, like I'm looking at this chart and a chart that you, you know, like maybe you wouldn't give your middle school kid because they're going to be immature about it. And so I'm just sitting there answering her questions, holding this. And she just goes, oh, I can take that back if you need it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't mind. She goes, I know some people get a little weird. They like hold it away from them. Like it's a stinky diaper. And I was like, oh no, I mean. I'm here asking questions about this at this point. It's it's already breached that. And she's like, yeah, I understand that. She goes, I just try to be con like conscientious of that because a lot of people feel like they're actually holding poop in their hand and they're looking at this picture. And we had a little laugh about it. And then she went on to talk about potential solutions for the right now situation, but also talking about where where we could go as we go forward. So what I mean by that is she had some temporary solutions, like a, like a Band-Aid for a big issue, but also gave me the lay of the land. Like, okay, well, 
if, in the future, if this continues, we'll have to start looking at X, Y, and Z. And at that point, she was like, at that point, we'll go into endoscopies and colonoscopies and more of those like procedural things versus dietary supplement or like supplements, lifestyle changes. And when I tell you the number of times people have said to me, oh, well, stress is a big thing that can cause GI upset. You should, you should really work on lowering your stress. Oh, okay, I'll get right into that. As a college student and a high schooler and just living life, I think we all can agree. We're all very stressed out all the time. <laughs> Especially now, I mean, with COVID and all the stuff that's going on with the pandemic. Like, oh, okay, I'll get right on trying to fix my stress. It's just one of those things that, I don't know, I'm getting off track here. But we can all agree. That's, that would be so infuriating just keep hearing from people, oh, you should just work on your stress. But I digress. Um, so anyway, she, she sent me off with these supplements. And so she brought back, she goes... So I have two you could try. One of this is an active um, probiotic. And by that, I mean, she said that there were active ingredients, so I had to put it in a refrigerator. Like, it's more of those natural, holistic kind of approaches. And then she also said, but we also have these peppermint supplements. And I was like, what? Well, ears perked a little bit. But I'd kind of heard about that before. My aunt had suggested that I suck on pep peppermints if my stomach was upset. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I guess there is a lot of research that peppermint oils and peppermint supplements and just peppermint is really helpful in soothing uh, GI upset and just like your stomach's gurgles and all of that gastric buildup. Um, like similarly, it's like eating ginger root or ginger candy or stuff like that or drinking ginger ale to up to help with the upset um it's very interesting if you if you want to spend the time looking that research up I highly encourage it it's actually quite it's quite fascinating but I'm also someone who likes to do the behind the scenes research so I might just be a little nerdy there um which is not a bad thing if you ever feel like you're getting nerdy about something that's okay I'm just going to tell you that right now. I think it's fun. It adds to someone's character. Um, again, I digress. But so she brought those in and she said, okay, well, so these active probiotics, you know, like you can try these if you want to, if you want to try them and they, they work, we can get you set up and trying them more frequently. Otherwise, and she was kind of excited. She was very, very giddy, I want to say. She was like, yeah, we just got these uh, peppermint probiotics. And it's just called IB Guard. You can get it at King Supers or any like Safeway, any sort of convenience store. But uh, she was like, yeah, so I can give you. Oh, sorry, I just bumped something on the table. Um, she's like, I can give these to you to try. She goes, I have like five of them. So here, just take them with you. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to take two of these um, I think she said before, but you can eat it before or after. It's really just to, like, help calm the gastric acids in your stomach. Um, they're more effective if you're doing it before you eat because then it kind of balances things out versus if you eat something, like, 
or take any sort of like charcoal sub sub <laughs> any sort of charcoal supplement um activated charcoal is something that it, i mean it's a huge craze right now you see it all the time with like charcoal face masks and stuff it really just like pulls all that stuff out of you so you don't want to take a charcoal supplement before you eat dinner you want to do it after you eat so that it like clears all the stuff out of your system and if you do that before you eat then all of the good stuff in your stomach it's not going to balance well when you eat so anyway that's little facts with Devin um so I got I went home with these active probiotics and you know peppermint probiotics so IB guard I tried the ones from the fridge and they didn't seem to work very well um the peppermint ones seem to really work. Um, and she sent me home with, you know, she sent me home with another dietary list of things to eat. But this one was way more thought out. It was very much like, this is, this is the food chart that shows what's, like, considered a low FODMAP. So I, at the moment don't have what a FODMAP stands for, but it's just a particular diet. You can look it up online. Um, but it's like you can have all these foods and these are low FODMAP. But it also had like this is how much broccoli you can eat before it becomes problematic. This is how many beans you can eat. It had more of like that uh, portion size along with it, which to me is really helpful because – it's one thing to be like, oh, you can't eat any raw vegetables versus you can eat some raw vegetables. Raw vegetables still give you really great nutrients. You just can't eat as many as the lay person, the average person. You can eat one head of broccoli. You can eat one cup of hummus. You just can't go overboard. And that was really nice. So with all the paperwork I already had on hand, to have this one that I could really refer back to a lot is really you know, I think really productive healthcare. Um, so that was a great experience, and I really liked her. I liked the personhood that she brought to it, and that it was more just like two humans connecting, one of them guiding the other person's life to be more productive. Um, unfortunately, she left before I ever could go back to her. Um, and I can talk about the person that I see now in replace of her. Um, and he, I think, does a great job as well. I think that office in general just does a really, really good job. So now we move to story number one that's less less ideal, let's, let's call it. So this is the person I did, actually. This is the number one specialist I went to. I'd gone to my regular physician and then I went to the specialist as well to see his take on things. And he's the one that I explained the activated charcoal part. But he, to say this nicely, I went in there a little bit afraid of the information that would come to me. But at the same time, I acknowledged that I do that anytime I go to a doctor. Just because I think everyone has some level of stress that they feel going to a doctor, any doctor or dentist, it doesn't matter. Like, 
health in general to me has always been just a slight bit of nervousness every time. And what I make up for in nerves, I overcompensate in being very friendly. But I went into this one more nervous than I typically was because it was about my gut health and that just embarrassed me at the time. So went in, was a male specialist, which I'm, I'm not trying to judge anybody who's a male physician that might be listening or in general. I just mean I noticed that, identified that as a woman, I went in there and had a male specialist and you know, you go to any doctor, you fill out the paperwork, yada, 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 doctor comes in, reviews the paperwork, asks you questions. He reviewed it and then started asking questions. He's like, okay, how old are you? Okay. Uh, do you smoke? No. Okay. Do you do any recreational marijuana, anything like that? And I was like, no. And he goes, do you drink? And I go, no, I don't. And he goes, do you smoke weed? It's like, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, maybe he just went back to that question again. I was like, no. And he goes, do you drink alcohol? I was like, what? In my head at that point, I was like, I didn't pull out a flask. Like, no, I still don't drink that much. Um, actually, at this point, I think I was 20. So I, I was like, no, I don't drink. And he goes, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. And he goes, are you sure? I was like, I'm 100% sure I'm not pregnant. And he goes, well, the only way to be sure is if you abstain from sexual intercourse. And I look at this guy kind of irritated because I'm, I'm 20 years old and he just presumed that I wouldn't know my own body. And I look at him and I go, I just start, I just finished my period. And he's like, I guess that's another way. What do you mean you guess that's another way? If you open any science book, a woman who is, who is menstruating, therefore is not, like is not pregnant. So I just was a little bit taken aback at that point. So at that point, I was kind of done with this guy. And so what he said was going to be tainted in that idea that he presumed that I just didn't know that I was pregnant and that was the answer to everything. And to be fair, I can... I can always understand where someone might be coming from with that, and it's like it's a give and take. I can understand why young women might want to avoid saying, yes, I'm pregnant, and that's what it might be. And there's no, I have no judgment on that. I just felt like this guy should have given me a chance to come in and ask a question and gotten an answer and not had his preconceived notions about young women in his office shade his ability to do his job. So I sat there and I listened to him and he probed and he did the, he did a sort of physical, like a brief physical exam, examined my abdomen area, make sure that there wasn't anything like, you know, there, there wasn't anything stiff in my body that would indicate any sort of like growth, but he did it. And okay, a side note, this doesn't say anything about his medical ability. I just... I was taught to always have a firm handshake with people, which I don't know if that, I don't know if handshakes are going to come back as a side note with 2020. No one shakes hands anymore. We should be socially distancing or physically distancing. But I went in and this guy introduced himself and he shook hands with me. When I tell you this guy's handshake was, <laughs> was so laughable. He, 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 
the best way I can describe it is if you know any movie where there's royalty and the women get their hands kind of like delicately pressed over a man's hand where they go to kiss the the back of the hand, that's how this man came into the handshake with me. And it was like super soft, a little bit clammy. I was just like kind of embarrassed that this man's handshake was so, I don't know, just so sad. Um, I don't know. That's just a side note. It's just a funny, funny anecdote to this story. So anyway, he goes into it and he asks me if I've tried any dietary changes. And at that point, of course, I already said I was a little irked by him anyway. So I kind of sternly said, yes, and I'm still having issues. And he said, okay, well, the best I can tell you for now is that you should keep doing that. And maybe if you feel like it's terrible enough. Sorry, I'm very much emphasizing my, my view of this. But he said, maybe if you think it's bad enough, you can try some activated charcoal. I was like, this guy's advice is, if you really feel like you're having an issue, you should maybe, possibly, potentially... If you're feeling up to it, try this one supplement. But mostly, you need to change how you eat. And I was kind of irked because I came to a specialist for more specialized advice. And I told him I was on a dietary supplement already. I don't know. It just was... It cast a shadow over his ability to be my physician. So I wrote him off and I thought, I'm not going back to that specialist I went and talked to my, I don't know, my at the moment uh, regular physician, my my usual doctor, and I was like, yeah, I went to the specialist, and this was a while had passed. I went to my regular physician and had an annual checkup, and I was like, yeah, I went and tried to this guy, and I have to say I wasn't impressed with my physician, and she kind of subtly asked where I was getting a physician's help from. And she goes, oh, we don't tend to send people over there. They never get good reviews for being, like, conducive for helping people. They were, they just weren't effective. Is what I'm trying to say is she's, this woman subtly was giving me her take on things and kind of slyly told me that 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 doctor's office does not refer people to that physician's office because they're so poorly reviewed. So um, that kind of reaffirmed to me that I wasn't making things up in my mind about this terrible experience. So there you go. There's one experience that I can tell you it's okay for you to feel like I'm never going back to that physician, but still having an open mind for medicine and medical help. So that was good to know. Um, I guess I don't really have two negatives. It was just that that very large negative to overshadow. Um, I think the other anecdote comes mostly from, you know, hearing Hearing non-medical professionals give their own Grace, take on things, like your friend Joe to the telling public. you, like if you freely take your friend's advice about medical and things, I think 
or if you just um so i think if it's i want to tell you it's normal that you feel that way i think people at least once in their life have experienced that roll of the eyes because someone has an opinion on something that they've never experienced and they're like oh you should try this because i saw it in a commercial once it's one of those you're like do you know how many times a day i hear that it's like hearing that one joke over and over in your life like i'm a blonde and i used to hear the joke all the time like oh you must be a dumb blonde like it's one of those things in life where you're just like really you think you're so unique in telling me that so this is kind of a a word of you're you're very I very much feel you if you ever have those experiences where someone has a oh you should just answer to everything because the moment I really was honest about like oh yeah this is a health condition I deal with that's why when we try to pick dinners or something and you always want to go to pizza I'm not going to go with you and I think I experienced it more now as I've gotten older but like they're there's a case I'm thinking of at this moment that a male cohort member had said, oh, you know, I did this. You should really try yoga. Yoga is really good for calming, calming everything down and you just feel more connected and really hear your body. And at this point, I was like 23 and I just wanted to be like, you don't think I've tried yoga at this point? <laughs> Like, I've tried everything to deal with my, my anxiety, my, my body connectivity, my um, just, like, connecting my body to slow movement, things that, like, stretches. You don't think I've tried that at this point? In fact, at that point, I had remembered that I had talked to him about the yoga things that I was doing. Like, I don't know, those of you should totally do this, first of all, but... I had told them all about having done the 30 days of yoga with yoga with Adrian and like loving it. My mom and I were doing it. It's so relaxing. She does a great job. She's so connecting with people. Um, but I just kind of rolled my eyes. Like, you really think you're so inventive thinking that I should do yoga and that I've never tried yoga before for my GI upset? issues it just kind of one of those you're a little bit irked in the moment and you move on realizing oh it's because they just tried it and they think it's a good thing and yada 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 but I digress so we're we are now currently 30 minutes into this and I've already digressed enough um so Back to the story times. So another really great experience I had was with the specialist I now see after the one, the first one I saw left. And this physician is located in Longmont, Colorado. Um, or at least that's where I, that's where I've seen him. But he, I had to see him first because it was a virtual visit because COVID. And I was like, how is this going to work? We're all virtual right now. I can't physically show him anything. He can't do a physical exam. He can't do these things. But instead, he was very welcoming. And for it being a very busy time, he 
wasn't dismissive. He wasn't rushing me. It was very methodical. And, um, like, he asked me about, at this point, I was looking for help again because my flare-ups were getting much more closer together than they had been in a while. And they were becoming increasingly more painful. And when I say they were becoming increasingly more painful, I mean I was crippled in pain. There were days that I was in the bathroom probably every, well, I was in the bathroom for a very long period of time. And the times that I was out of the bathroom, it was maybe 15 minutes. And this would happen at like 11 o'clock at night, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning. These things would happen for so long that I would have to call in sick to work. I would have to call in and not go to class. I was I was really, really, really put off, put out because of this. And there were moments that I could I couldn't plan to go anywhere that was more than like a 10 minute drive away from my apartment. Even that. Like I felt agoraphobic at that point. I couldn't leave. I was so afraid because things were happening so frequently and so seriously. So I saw this man online <laughs> on a video call. And he asked me to recount the last time that I had a flare-up and give him details like, did you get any, tr- like, warnings before you did it? What were the warnings like? Um, when you went to the bathroom, what was that like? Was it easy? Did it happen initially? And then when I said, oh, there was some serious pain, he said, okay, so where was the pain? Can you describe what the pain felt like? And it was one of those, like, I stopped and I was like, I know exactly how to tell you this. And what's crazy is I've never told someone, like a physician, this much detail about it. And so he was like, okay, okay. Was analyzing what I was telling him. It wasn't like he was just asking for the sake of it. Not that I think doctors do that. But, like, I think I think the way he was asking specific questions was specifically either including or counting out specific um conditions or something like that and so he goes okay so what I think we're gonna have to do is okay so he sorry I had to take a break there because I suddenly had some serious blockage in my mind so I couldn't remember what it was I had to do first so he had me online he said okay so what I think we should do first is we need to take some blood work but he also wanted it to be right after I had had a serious flare-up. And so that way, like, your blood and your your samples and stuff are much more... are much more informative because your body is so adaptive that, you know, if I were to wait a week or something or it's been, like, a month since I've had a flare-up and I went in there, my blood work would appear very normal. So I went in to see if maybe it was, like, a any sort of an allergy, like a lactose intolerance, a, um, like celiac or anything like that, these, this test would check all those things. And it would also check like thyroid levels and other things like there are specific vials for specific tests that he had me do. So I had to wait for my next flare up and drive to their facility to get blood work done. And for those of you who are like, oh, blood work, ew, like I would never, I will tell you this, I'm, I'm not terribly afraid of needles. I've donated blood um, countless times, 
well, not countless times. I've done it enough to get like six times maybe. I did it twice for a high school at Blood Drive, four times at what used to be Bond Fees. It's now Vitalant. Um, I think actually one of those four times I did it for Red Cross, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not very afraid of needles. I'll, I'll get my flu shot. I'll get vaccines. I'll do whatever. I'm not afraid to get the needle in there. But I went in there, and the lady who did my blood work was hilarious, super nice. Um, it was it was very quick and easy. And then they, t- they checked the blood work. They came back, and they said, things look mostly normal. And I also had to get an ultrasound. Done. Oh, I think I'm mixing things up now. Um, I did. I did do blood work. That's not. A, that's not a lie. But I did that rather quickly. That I think that was pretty shortly after my appointment. But he said I had to wait, and then the next time with a flare up, I had to go get an ultrasound done the next day. So I drove to Longmont, and. My very sweet mom came with me because I, I don't know why, but I was very nervous. I was very scared. It was going to be a very early thing. I just, I wanted some support, I think is the ultimate story here. Is a lot of this I've done independently, but the more serious procedures that I've had to get done are like not procedures per se, but the very like investigatory, investigatory investigative that's the word (laughs) investigative things that I've had to do I don't know why but they scare me and so I asked my mom to come with me so she drove me to my ultrasound and that was a very odd procedure I will say because I felt like I was gonna pass out I I had to deep breathe so much and just hold it (laughs) um but I guess there are also different probes for doing specific types of ultrasound pictures, which was interesting just for my little knowledge and learning. Um, But they scanned all of my abdominal um, organs. So they, they took pictures of my liver, my spleen, my gallbladder, of course my, you know, my large intestine, small intestine. It it was very it was very interesting. And it wasn't as long as I expected it to be, but also it wasn't as quick as I expected it to be, if that makes any sense. Um we had to take multiple pictures to get the very tip of my my liver, which is interesting. Your liver basically is just this very floppy large organ in your in your abdomen, by the way. And we couldn't get a picture of the tip of it, which is very funny because it was like really, really tucked in there, I guess. And I had to, we had to do multiple tries to get a picture of my spleen. I will say it's not the most comfortable thing getting an ultrasound. Um, I don't, I don't know how pregnant women can stand it, this little probe thing pushing into you. But I did that because of this man. Like this, this specialist. So I waited and waited for their call about the results. And he told me, he said, well, and also they sent the pictures to me. So that was very, 
nice. So it was like I could look at the pictures and understand what he was saying about it. But I call I called and he he explained, well, there's a little bit of spl- uh, of sludge in your in your gallbladder, but it's not in the area that it's not on the side of your abdomen that you express most of your pain. So it's not too much to worry about and it's not overly impacting your health. So he said everything else looked fine. Everything else looked good. My appendix was fine. Good news. Didn't have to have an append- my appendix removed. But he said that I was going to have to get a colonoscopy. And it wasn't something that was like, I mean, it's something that I had been dreading, but he was like, okay, no, the next step is we're just going to do a colonoscopy. He very nicely explained what the colonoscopy procedure was going to be like. And so I, I got set for that and he was the one to actually do the whole procedure. So I went to the hospital. I, you know, I, I did all the prep work before I went to the hospital and everyone who I talked to from his office was they were very nice they explained everything very well he, he they were like the worst part is going to be your prep stuff um it's going to be very uncomfortable but he was kind of funny about it he goes but granted it's not going to be too much different than what you already experience in your day to day so I was like oh all right that sounds reasonable so I went in for the procedure and um Lots of other people did all the prep stuff, so they got my IV set up, checked my vitals, uh, gave me the gown and stuff, and then uh, I got into the room, and a little side note is actually a girl that I would consider a kind of mentor, older student that I really loved and admired and banned (laughs) was actually the person to set up my IV and get me, like, rolled in and was doing some assistive work in my colonoscopy and I recognized her name and then we kind of laughed and had some story time and I got into the actual procedure room and here comes my specialist physician and he's like oh so was it the Devin Aubrey you were expecting and uh and she was like yeah it was actually blah 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 and so we were laughing we were laughing um and he looked at me and he goes are we ready for this and I was like yeah I guess so blah 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 and I was in good mood and in good spirits and so I don't remember the procedure, even though it was a, um, it was a procedure where you're awake for it, but you're in what they call a dream, dreamlike state because of the fluids in the IV. Um, I was given, you know, a sedative, so I don't remember any of it. I just remember kind of loopy, falling asleep, and then waking up from these dreams, kind of uncomfortable in those little procedure bed sheets and I didn't see him after that but I um like after that procedure I was done for the day with him and funny enough I went home and took a nap and then went to class that day (laughs) um that's who I am as a student I was very groggy and was not paying attention um but didn't see him after that I waited and waited and got his call And he said, he said what I dreaded. He said that everything looked completely normal. There weren't any polyps or anything internally. Um, 
It all looked okay. There wasn't any signs that indicated any cause for the diarrhea and all of the issues that I have with my IBS. And he said um, that it's just going to be a lot of management instead. And I think that's probably... The way he said it so matter-of-factly was very nice. I think that's why I think he's a good physician is he does his job. He doesn't try to be people's hero, but he also doesn't try to, like, push his own agenda on you. Um, he was very kind, you know, like, I think when physicians can at least be human and be like, I'm really sorry that I don't have better news for you. We're just going to have to, you're just going to have to keep working on like dietary stuff, stress management, lifestyle stuff. And um, I think that was nice because he didn't try to do more than that. But he also, you know, he didn't, like, leave me without any sort of acknowledgement that that's going to be hard for me. So what you know, you don't – what you know, you know. What you don't know, you don't know. But that was nice. And I think I'm going to continue to work with him if I do have things that come up more seriously. But I think it's nice to know that I went from a terrible, terrible physician to a very good physician that just unfortunately left and went to somewhere else and I found him and he seems to be a good physician and he works with really great people and the people in that office just treat me like a really great person and also I know for a fact because of being in the you know the prep area for my procedure that I'm not the only young person that they're working with and they treat us all very well and just just to know that an office has that kind of atmosphere to it says a lot about who you're working under, too. So that's what I have to say about my experience of shopping for physicians. I think it extends beyond that, too. Like, my regular care physician, too, she's she's really good. Um, I'm not going to say she's a doctor because she doesn't, she doesn't have that title, but she definitely creates this space of personhood while talking about real issues like my anxiety, my physical health, my GI issues. Um, on a side note, she's the one that helped me. Actually, it's not a side note because it directly attaches to my digestive issues because my diet has to change and therefore I lose a lot of stuff is I had some fainting spells at the beginning of 2020. And it turns out it was because of a lack of B12, which if you don't get the nutrients you need from a regular diet, that can happen. It's more typically found in individuals who are older than the age of 45, like 15 plus. Um, but um, additionally, because I have episodes in, and they just come up randomly, if I'm out in public and I feel like some gurgles, which I, is what I call them, like any sort of abdominal discomfort, I tend to just kind of clench. My body is just like prepared and just holding everything together until I can get to a safe space like a home. Um, and that that's what caused my fainting spells. And so I went to see my, my regular physician. I was really concerned. It's like, what what's going on? I had these fainting spells. They, she 
was like, okay, well, um, I have a feeling I know what it is, but we're going to do some tests first. And so I did an echocardiogram, which is an EKG, the things that you hear, like if you watch Grey's Anatomy all the time, um, like me. Um, so she rolled in the machine. I, I changed into a gown for my upper torso so that they could attach the, the, um, like the adhesive pads for the, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the actual, what the cords attached to on your body. And they took the EKG and everything showed normal. And because it didn't sound anything like a seizure, it sounded like a fainting thing. Everyone kind of was like, well, I don't think it's neurological, but if you want to, you can go check that out. I did blood work for that as well. And everything showed normal. Um, she was just like, yeah, so it kind of sounds exactly what I thought it was. It sounds like what's known as a vasovagal response, which is just like that bearing down, that clenching, like where your body is just like, oh, hold it, hold it together, do it. Like women do it all the time with their with their guts. Like we like hold it in. We try to look skinny. Um, it's terrible for you. We should all stop doing that. We should just accept our bodies. And I'm not telling you to do that because it's not as easy as it sounds, but um, I'm trying to get better at just letting things go. And like, if I have to run to the bathroom, I have to run to the bathroom, and that's totally fine. But she was just so, like, I know you're looking at me like that's that's something you don't know what it is, so I'm going to explain it to you. And she goes, so things you can do in that situation. And she's, she said, you know, like, hum, or... Like, try to sit down. Um, you know, she gave me some good advice, but it was very much like she was checking in every now and then to make sure everything felt fine and everything felt reasonable, what she was saying. And I forget to mention, like, my physician now that I see, um, she comes in every time, and she's not, like, a fakey trying to connect you with you. She's like, how are things going? And she remembers things you say. And so she's like, are you done with school yet? like no not quite and she's like oh okay so you have a couple semesters left so it's one of those things that you can tell people are calling upon things that they've talked to you about previously so she's really connecting in that way um and I will say that last time I saw her she, I told her I was starting a podcast and she was like why you're starting a podcast I love podcasts she's like I've always wanted a podcast because I listen to my favorite murder all the time and I was like me too and she goes well if you ever if you ever need like a physician on your podcast, you can call me. So, um, I don't know if you're out there, my physician, I'm not going to name. Um, but just know I really appreciate you as a physician. You are wonderful. Um, cause I have, like I said, not had consistent physicians in the past. When I changed from a pediatric physician to, you know, like an adult regular physician they've changed so frequently and I don't think it was helpful that I I was looking for physicians in like a very I don't know what to call it other than like kind of an elite system and my regular physician I see now is a part of a family practice quote-unquote it's like in their name but I don't know there's just a different feel in that office they're they're very they listen very well. They validate your experience. They remember that you're a person first, and they do a good job. Um, I was referred to them by my mom, who sees one of the doctors at that office, and she just is like, yeah, I really appreciate them. They they help me with my um, 
my high blood pressure. They help me with my migraines really well, blah, blah, blah. So I think they just do a good job. And again, like I said with my GI specialist, I think when there's an atmosphere in a physician office, it says a lot about how they're going to treat you. Like if there's a good cohesive bond and an idea in their mind that people need to be treated well in order for wellness to come out of it instead of in it for the money, it says a lot about how you're going to be treated. And I, I look for that. So I hope you can take from this is look for things that match with who you are, your values. And at the end of the day, it's about how do you feel? So if you have like your spidey sense is going about a physician and you're like, this doesn't feel right. That's okay. Maybe it's time to look at other physicians. And, you know, if you're strapped for cash, you know, phone a friend. Ask people who are in similar situations of you and you're, you should end up on your feet at some point. That's what I hope for you. And if you're sitting here like, Devin, come on, man. It's not that simple. You're right. And I don't know all the things and I don't know all the facts, but I want you to know at the heart of things, I want the best wellness for everyone. I think we need to take good care of ourselves because if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of anybody. So I'm going to leave you on that note today. I hope you remember to take care of yourself and It's not so simple terms as take care of yourself, spend time for just yourself. Because I know I'm working on my discipline of spending time doing what I call quote unquote nothing is just reading. I'm trying to remind myself to read and listen to some music and just smile every day. Um, Actually, you know what I'm going to leave you with? I've been telling everyone this today in the past few days. I saw a video, this man is making a documentary, and he just walks around and asks random strangers, are you happy? And he showed a video of this probably like late mid-70s man wearing a veteran hat of some form. He was just out getting some movement in, in his life. And he goes, sir, I just want to quickly ask you, are you happy? And he says, yes, I am. He said, wow. What, uh, what makes you so happy? He says, because I'm alive, man. And he said, like a little bit of time goes by and he goes, can I, what kind of advice would you give people? And he said, you just got to slow down. So just slow down and live your life. Excuse me. He said, you just got to slow down and live your life. We all just got to slow down and live our life. Because guess what? You're still alive. I thought, wow, wow, I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to slow down and live my life. So I'm going to remind you all of that. Take some time, slow down, live your life, and don't forget to smile because that's what's getting me through too. All right, folks, take care, and I'll catch you on my next episode.